Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. And with us we have... I'm Leona. Yay! Welcome, Welcome back. back. Thank you. Always good to have you. Always good to be here. Yes. Uh, I'm glad that we could get some extra help on, because this, this is a big topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, because this is very near and dear to my heart as a Yeah, GM. this is your speciality. I really like it. Uh, we did a quick poll about specialty topics, uh, and this episode we are talking about ambience uh, and immersion, uh, bringing players farther into your game through the use of some special techniques and a little bit of technology, mm-hmm. and it's and you know some just just good role playing. Yeah, and that said, a lot of this is not very Dragon Age specific. This is mm-hmm. stuff that can be used for pretty much all role playing games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I included a couple of Dragon Age specific uh, examples. Yes. But, and we have a couple, I think, of Dragon Age things that are kind of relevant, mm-hmm. like, you know, play the games. Yeah, exactly. Play the games. Wait, play we'll the talk games. on that one. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, a real quick uh, this week in Thetis, we're going to be making a friendly reminder that, of course, there is a fan celebration Dragon Age Day on December 4th. Uh, and as per our suggestions here on the podcast, they are also taking submissions of uh, written Dragon Age uh, adventures for the RPG. Uh, in addition to fanfic, uh, fan art, uh, like uh, quick little microfix uh, and little story, uh, little story bits, and even mm-hmm. just straight up thank you notes to the developers of the of the uh, of Dragon Age, they're going to be sending, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, like a big thank you video to Bioware, uh, just letting them know that that we lo- that we all like this game and wanted to let them know that. No NC seventeen content though, friends. Maybe it'll be just a little bit of a push that they need to maybe Dragon Age 4, maybe, possibly. Maybe. Come on, please, maybe. please, please. I can't help but notice that that A for Dragon Age Day is a 4. I mean, it's December 4th, so obviously that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, this yeah isn't a that's a subtle, subtle push. Wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Say no more, say no more. Uh, if you'd like to know a bit more about Dragon Age Day, uh, we'll be including some links for it in the blog post and our post on Patreon. Uh, you can follow the links to the website, and there you can see the guidelines that are being included uh, for the uh, say for uh, submissions, because they do have some guidelines for submissions. Uh, so please take a look at them and follow them closely to make sure that everybody is getting what they can and they don't have to throw out your submissions. Yes, absolutely. All right. We've got a couple of questions to tackle in our, uh, the Codex. Yep. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? In our, the Codex. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going for in it. In our, the Codex. In our, the Codex. I love our, the Codex. Uh, let's see. We will finally welcome back our let's see our favorite question asker. Not our favorite question asker. We don't play no, favorites. We don't play here, favorites around no. here. What are you talking about? But this one has been on the show a couple of times. One of our dearly beloved question askers. Yes. Much better. Uh, 
Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend of the show. Parsible on the Green Running Forums. Hey, Toby. How's it going? Uh, Toby's question is... Uh, the, let's see. My question for a future podcast involves a section of the companion that was skirted over uh, the new spells of Chapter 3. He is referring to the episode that I did with Jack Norris talking about the Fantasy Age Companion, Mm -hmm. which I believe was just the most recent one. Episode 62, I think? I think it was, no, not the most recent. It was the one before. Yep. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't able to be there for that one. That's right. So, do you think Wall of Fire and Shocking Shield, changed to be called Static Charge, would work in the Dragon Age game as well, given that those spells exist in the Dragon Age Inquisition universe? Where would you fit them in? I have my own ideas discussed in a thread on this forum where I would add them to the elementalist specialization you designed. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's pretty much a great way to do it. I they're, agree. Yeah, like they're unique spells, right? Mm-hmm. So you would think that they would need to be special. Like you have to really dedicate yourself to elementalist. The plus that gives the elementalist an extra boost in sort of desirability. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing fire is, you, is just cool. It does sound super cool. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say is if you're going to do those two, you're going to have to come up with something equivalent for the ice mages. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, there's an ice mine spell. There you go. Uh, although, I mean, in, in the Inquisition game, we'd probably have to finagle something for uh, Dragon Age, but I don't think it'd be that hard. I say we never do that. Right, exactly. No, that never happens. That never happens around here, not, no. not in the Wonders of Thetis. We've got yeah. deep. We've got deep pockets and long, long back back shelves. So we get lots of stuff. We definitely don't. We're working on those deep pockets. What, what, what do you mean by deep pockets? <laughs> in that I, there I, are holes in them? Because yes, infinitely yes. deep. They go into eternity. Let's see. Um, as for like what requirements you might have of them, would we make having the elementalist specialization be a requirement, or just add them in somewhere in the progression of? other elemental spells of their types. I would make them specifically elementalist specialization required because a lot okay. of the coolest like keeper spells and such mm-hmm. are are specialization locked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so having something here that's specialization locked would really give this specialization the oomph that I think it needs. Okay. And I agree with that. I think it'd be I, fun. Yeah. I mean, to have this one person just be able to call up this wall of fire or, you know, this, this what do they call it now, the static charge, you know, just... It gives it a little boost of why you would want to take that specialization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that battlefield control element is yeah. very strong. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. much appreciated. All right. Thank you for the question, Parsifal. We always appreciate it. Yep. Uh, next, next question is a bit uh, farther reaching uh, and has a bit of context, uh, but from Melinda Rose Goodin through our SoundCloud. Uh, she left us a comment on episode 50. Hi. I've recently discovered your podcast, and I'm going through all the episodes. Thanks so much for clarifying a number of issues I've been struggling with as a GM. I've been GMing Dragon Age for my son and a rolling cast of his teenaged cousins mm. uh, and friends. In the last session, my boys murdered the bear scarn on the cover of the Blood of Ferelden. They stun-pointed <laughs> so hard, they essentially pulled a rain of arrows down on the poor bear, pierced his armor, and beheaded him in two rounds. Dang. <laughs> Definitely not what I expected. Very uh, nice. Yeah. I mean, we we fought that bear. Yeah, we did. Garn. It was rough. If I recall. That was a tough fight. Uh, now my kiddo is asking me to convert the Dragon Age Origins campaign from, from into the RPG for him and his mates. I'm a little boggled by the idea. Do you have any suggestions? Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for uh, going through all of our back episodes. And I'm so glad that you enjoy them. 
It's a we're happy to help. Yep, it's a joy for us to make them, and we always love hearing that we're uh, reaching people. So it's great. It's always yeah. great to hear how folks' campaigns are going too. By the way, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. yes, I love that your boys murdered the bear's garn, and also your uh, your son and rolling cast of teenage cousins reminds me of Ren running games for uh, their sister and her stupid little friends. Stupid little friends is what we called them. Rotating cast of, <laughs> of her stupid, stupid little friends. friends. We're all actually pretty cool, but, you know, once you start calling them the stupid little friends, you just kind of have to. It's stuck. What can we do? Mm-hmm. So, converting the entirety of Dragon Age Origins, maybe not the entirety, maybe yeah. just the, like, the important bits. Well, you'd have to do it piece by piece either way. I imagine yeah. it sounds like your kiddo wants the whole thing. Whole kid and caboodle. But that's going to be a lot. That is... That is just a lot, you know. But I, I would imagine that pieces of it have been done mm-hmm. by other players of this RPG. I'm sure. So hey, like listeners, if you have converted any piece of this, uh, any piece of Dragon Age Origins into RPG format, like let us know, and we can hook you up with our question asker. Because I'll bet yes, you that would be super useful. Heck yeah. Um, I guess. I would love to see if somebody actually did like a the Battle of Ostagar. Oh man. And using that as like a starting point, like instead of you being the warden be like one of the one of the soldiers on the on the battlefield and Ooh. How do you survive and go on from there? Ooh dang. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. That would be really cool. I imagine you'd have to use some sort of mass combat rules. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the uh, the example of mass combat that they have in the book is the Battle of Ostagar. Yeah. That'd pretty much be where you'd so, want to... You yeah. might look at that to see maybe if that's how you want to just, like, you know, narrate it for the for the kids. Yeah, I would also consider skipping the origin stories because otherwise each kid oh, man. is going to need to do a whole chapter. And that's a lot. Like, you could definitely tell them, here's your background. It could also be very good. Unless very they're all cool. from the same background. Uh, if you... If they want a direct conversion, then you might just ask them what background they want to do. And it'd be, it could be much easier if they all want to come from the same background. Or at least be characters who all come from uh, the backgrounds, at least like tangentially, just happens to exist near mm-hmm. that background. Um, if they all want to do different backgrounds, that's an awful lot of extra work. Uh, you also might consider... Uh, if they want to do something that wasn't included in uh, the RPG, the original game, maybe write a new background. Yeah. Maybe they want to be Talvashoth. That would be pretty cool. That could be fun. I think, though, you probably... One of the best ways to do it, if you're going to have a bunch of kids like all all want to play different characters, which is usually the case, uh, start, you know, have them know what their background is, but start at the Battle of Ostagar. Or even good. just yeah. after the Battle of Ostagar, although I think they'd be depressed if you went just after it. Like, maybe start right beforehand and have everybody be doing the joining. Oof. Ooh. That's fun. Like, let them all be coming in to do the joining for the first time and take off from there. And I think that would probably solve a number of problems around having to do, like, six separate mm-hmm. background stories that take a couple hours each. So that'd be a lot. But, uh... Jory and Davith died, but you all made it. <laughs> yep. Oh, poor Jory and Davith. Oh, man, I felt bad for those two. Yeah. That's rough. That's, that's a sad day. Grey Warden's rough. 
It is. It is it hard is times. Rough. Mm-hmm. But, uh... And they don't definitely... even have griffins anymore. Right? Uh, I mean, I don't want to be a Grey Warden if we don't get griffins. I want a griffin! I always Wait. have a griffin, though. Griffins are great. I got two griffin tattooed on my arm, so I always yes. got a griffin with me. That is pretty yes. awesome. Still good. Still a really good <laughs> that tattoo. That is pretty cool. <laughs> I All enjoy right. it. So... what? Uh, there was something else. What was it? Was... Um, oh yeah, just uh, basically take that sort of hero of Ferelden title and spread it out, I guess, a little bit. Mm-hmm. That maybe you have heroes to work as a, yeah, the heroes of Ferelden, so that you know Alistair is working under beneath them effectively, mm-hmm. like. But they are all working together. Maybe even you know Alistair mm-hmm. could obviously be would normally be spear, but so would he have been in Origins, and he right. kind of just sat back and became my. Beautiful waifu. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's you're fine. A, you're okay, Alistair. You, you just, you're good. Um, you might actually ask yourself whether or not you want to involve most of the other companions because yeah. if you've got a whole party of people already, then they, they, they could end up just being like more bookkeeping. Well, and that is a lot of people to have in the party. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you have them bring on Ogren and Sten and Liliana and Wynn and Morrigan and the dog. That's uh, a lot Pitsy of NPCs you gotta Zevran do. And and Alistair. Yeah. That's a lot of people to bring like, along. Because, like, we brought along NPCs on the on occasion, but there were mm-hmm. only three or four of us yeah. usually at any given point. Mm-hmm. So we could bring on a couple of NPCs and have them, like, negate certain parts of the combat. But if you're going to have, like, five or six kids, having any of these major NPCs is going to be a challenge if you have more mm-hmm. than one. And if you try to just bring one, they will not agree on which one to bring, I promise. No, no, no. <laughs> so uh, maybe, probably, I guess the only one you'd really need, I guess, would be Alistair. You would need Alistair. He is pretty vital to the continuation of the story. Um, I think, all, I mean, one of the best things about Origins is the characters. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. So, finding a way to bring them in. Having them just kind of guest star. Yeah, like, they might not be able to fight. Like, just assume that they're off screen for fighting or something. Like, there are a couple ways you can go about that. But whatever you do, definitely don't give them. Especially if they're building in a way that lets them murder a bear scarn that quickly. Do not let them bring all of their friends with them. (laughs) Not going to work out very well. It would be a very good idea to have like to make a timeline or a game plan about mm-hmm. what you want to do, just so you know how much you need to convert, and not just you know be playing the game ahead a little bit of each session and be like, okay, let's convert this uh, and this part, and so you like. Although you, you do have to be, be careful, you, yeah. you don't want to convert too much ahead of time because some exactly. of the story does change based on what you mm-hmm. know. Right. Also, you got to figure out who's gonna die at the end. Oof. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, there's some, always ooh. that, yeah. There is always that little bit. Yeah, one of them's got to kick the bucket, or I guess... oh, <laughs> Or maybe that, they all just I pick mean, Alistair. Alistair can oh, do it. Oh, you could pick Alistair. They could pick Alistair. There is that other option, but uh, given that that's your kid, that's probably going to be an extremely uncomfortable option. Yeah. Since you could would be, be the one running to, more again. Uh, it could be interesting to make it not be an option that they don't meet Morgan. Yeah, you may you may want to well you could even have them meet Morgan. It's all you know, that whole dynamic is gonna be up to you guys. Mm-hmm. I that feel like as a teenager that is not something I would want to deal with, but I'm not your kid, so I don't know. 
It, either way, you've got a heavy task set before you, and we wish you the best of luck. Goodness, yes. If you want to tell us about it, please do. Mm-hmm. Send us mm-hmm. some mess- send us some messages, email us, or yeah, if you manage to get it written down, feel free to share it with us, and we can put it on the Disney yeah, verses. Definitely, and if you come up against any specific sort of uh, logistics problems or uh, roadblocks, we'd be yeah, happy to be hit there. us up. We'd love to talk about it. So good luck. Uh, thank you everybody for the questions and of course those of you out there listening if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes or anything else, please send a message to podcast at gmail.com send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr Google Plus or SoundCloud accounts or send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 radio forums that's us uh, we're going to be skipping the Dissonant Verses today. We haven't quite got anything in that uh, that we can share just yet. Um, I know some folks uh, on the forums uh, were looking, were kind of uh, looking at me, hoping that it's because I had mentioned that uh, um, I was working on character levels past twenty for Dragon Age. Well, uh, also work happened pretty also hard. work is happening, so there's, there's a, not a lot of progress has been made on that. I haven't really been thinking about it. Um, and also been just kind of wondering, even if we did, what would 25th character level characters do in Dragon Age? Kill well, in our case, <laughs> Yes. In our case, get bogged down in bureaucracy and run a nation. Yes. That's what we're doing. That's what theirs, that's what theirs are doing. Also, child rearing. Also child-rearing. And, you know, eventually a hole is going to open up in the sky or something, and someone's going to have to deal with it, but it's... Yeah, but you know what? It's going to be your freaking Inquisitor, who we specifically told not to go. You did. He and went he anyway. Went. He went anyway. He was real curious and wanted to, wanted to impress all of you. And then he comes back and is like, I got this thing! I, I don't want it. You guys take it off. <laughs> Just hold your hand right there. Why does my hand my have a hole in it? Why can't? Why does your brain have a hole in it? Like we told you not to go. <laughs> they're calling. They're calling me the Herald. My name's not Harold. It's Sinclair. <laughs> you better change it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. So that you know that that'll be fun. Maybe one day we'll make an actual play about that. That would be trash something. Fire. He is such a trash fire, but we love him. He is our trash fire, Lavellan is anyway well i mean you got something for us i uh (laughs) i am i i guess you could say i am being a little silly ambient but i'm having a hard time thinking of puns today she's in a she's in a mood I'm in a I'm in a mode and that well it's a grad school mode i you're lucky i remember my name everybody it's Jessica. Check me out with my name. <laughs> I'll try and have a good one for the end of the podcast. But we well, didn't have a dissonant versus, and that's usually a good time for me right. to think of one. We'll uh, let's see. We'll build up the tension until we finally get to that last page. See, too there. vague. Too vague. Too vague. This isn't a pun. You know, it's, it's just it's just alluding to the fact that this is the main topic for today. Is it fate or chance? See, 
you either gotta like with this one it's like either you have to make a joke out of the words themselves which is difficult to do or you just get vague because it's not really a punnable topic it's eh. you just end up talking about doing the thing well i guess we're talking about doing the thing because today we're talking about creating immersion and ambience and there are lots of ways to go about this um I guess you could say we're going to sound off about it. There we go. There, there you go. go. I got it. I'm still here. Uh, so the first thing that you got to ask yourself, though, because about uh, this whole topic is why should you create ambience? Because this isn't for everybody, uh, but it can be a lot of fun. Uh, ambience is a fair amount of work uh, and planning to craft for your games. So mm-hmm. you got you should have some reasons for doing Ren it. Ren spends a lot of time on this. I do, I do. Uh, Leona, does you uh, what does your GM do to uh, help pull everybody into into Thetis? Um, a lot of music. Excellent. Yeah. Music is a big one. Um, and I feel it's probably it's probably one of the easier ones to do. Mm-hmm. Um, lighting sometimes depending on what kind of um session we're running what what the mission is going to be mm-hmm. um and we we play on roll 20 so there's like special effects you can use on there mm. got that roll 20 going yeah. good stuff roll 20 is a good way to go we had to use roll 20 for the end of our campaign because our warrior moved away yes and we had to get her in somehow now she's back but the campaign is over <laughs> of course sad so, um, maybe you just need to give a particular session some more drama, or maybe using creating ambience uh, helps keep your players engaged, or maybe you just have a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, say, like, like, like this. They can't. One over they here. can't see you pointing no. at yourself, my dear. Like this one, uh, but uh, ambience helps make the game come to life, creating a sense of immersion, helping mm-hmm. pull people into Thetis and make them forget, and maybe just for a minute. That then see that they're not in fact you know slinging spells at darkspawn. Makes you feel like you have some power over your life. Yes, a lot of these players are coming here for escapism, so immersion is a must for these kinds of players, for the folks mm-hmm. who want to get lost in it. Also for storytellers. Heck yes. When you're the kind who uh, the sort of Shakespearean player, I'm sure I know nothing about that. Nothing. But uh, you definitely pit- don't fall into characters that you've put down for like six years. I don't know what you're talking about, and Joe doesn't either. <laughs> fight us! You, you want to sh- fight us? You guys are shouting about pies in character voices at the, Ma- at, you know, McDonald's, at the McDonald's. Doesn't know McDonald's doesn't know the difference. McDonald's doesn't know that we've switched into character voices. And you know what? If they're gonna have that long of a line for their apple pie, they can keep it. I like to think I've done my job well. So I feel immersion. there's a story there. <laughs> the story is literally that a friend of mine and I wanted to get apple pie the other night, but the line was really long, and so we shouted at them about how Rally's pies were better and then drove away. But we started shouting at them in character because that's just what happens when that friend and I get together. Sounds fair. I totally I accept this, and I feel this was a, a reasonable response. Yeah. <laughs> there are very high odds that, you will, that people will uh, get to meet these particular players if uh the actual play comes into mm-hmm. comes into being because can't imagine these people not being involved in the actual play. Oh no, absolutely. They need to be. 
We just know them too well, and we can play off them too well. Yep. Anyway, uh, uh, this kind of prep uh, to create ambience and create a sense of immersion is a fair amount of work. Uh, and not all players will actually maybe even appreciate it to begin with. Um, so you should get a good feel for your table and how they're going to respond to something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may decide to use just some special tricks on certain sessions, or maybe you'll use it every game. Uh, but whenever you use it, you're going to have a memorable session for sure. Uh, I definitely think that it is worth the effort, um, but it is a fair amount of work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but um, a, a very important reminder that I think is worth putting up in the front uh, is that keeping immersion uh, for hours is not exactly a reasonable thing to or possible. hope for. Uh, immersion is usually only going to happen for... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, immersion, like like that moment when players lose themselves in the world that you're in, um, is probably realistically only going to happen in, in, in bursts. Uh, yeah. Maybe a couple right. of times a session, or maybe even only once a session, or maybe even only once every couple of sessions, because you're just looking, because you're looking for that right moment, the mm-hmm. right moment to pull them in, uh, when they get surprised or when they, uh, get, uh, so let's see, uh, terrified that something has come out at them. Mm-hmm. Um, there, some of those are the moments that they will remember for years. Like <laughs> some of my favorite gaming memories are accidentally or intentionally very immersion heavy many of them were not intended the taxi cab thing wasn't intended the taxi cab thing was not intended but, but was man so we good. got into it it was so good it did get heavy immersion though <laughs> yes it did we but were, uh we were you know hooping and hollering as we threw the d20s around that was well, a good time it was the best <laughs> but uh something you know th- something's always gonna be there to break up the immersion like you're mm-hmm. not playing in a vacuum we have cats and everybody loves our cats and they are extremely distracting because they are cute and you know sometimes somebody will have a spouse make a phone call you know or somebody if you've got a kid you know kids are gonna do their kid thing and that is i got yep. kids they do got that. a hand raised over there yep <laughs> entropy yeah children are little balls of entropy and they will continue to be that um, you know, work might call, someone might ask a rules question, lots of people ask rules questions all the time, uh, snacks, although, point of interest, immersion, immersion point, appropriate snacks. We should talk about that. Okay. We can talk about appropriate game snacks. appropriate snacks can be great immersion. Um, you know, potty breaks, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff that will happen, will happen to remove immersion because that's just how life is. And you should not feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. Do not beat yourself up when the immersion lapses. It is a when and not an if. Like, this is just part of life. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're, you can only do so much. The world, the real world is great at pulling us out of these games already. So don't, so don't fret about it. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you failed if your players just aren't clicking with what you're trying to do this session. Try something else next game. Uh, and if all this work you're doing isn't bringing anyone further into the game, you don't have to do it. Uh, so the bottom line is, it is a fair amount of work. Don't stress it. Mm-hmm. If it is draining yeah. your fun, then it is not worth the time. Exactly. Because we're all here to have fun. Rule number one. Yeah. Well, do, rule number one is don't be a jerk. Oh, that's right. And what's, what was rule zero? Don't read the comments. I mean, the... the, the... <laughs> Yes. I feel I that's mean, a very important rule zero for, for that is many a very things. Important. I, I thought, yeah, I thought that was always rule zero. Don't read that the is. comments. It should be. Yep. It really should be. Anyway, bottom line, don't stress it. 
But with that, with all that in mind, let's talk about what things you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing is uh, things that you can do during the session in the real world. Mm-hmm. And Eleona, it sounds like you already mentioned that your GM does a couple of these things, like this mm-hmm. first one, uh, which is lighting. Yeah. A um, couple of weeks ago, well, last week, because it was Halloween, we had a spooky mm-hmm. mystery Ooh. kind of one-shot session. Nice. So instead of having the overhead lights on, he fired up a bunch of um, like battery-powered candles, and that was the only lighting in the entire room. Ooh, I love the candle-lit gaming. Yeah. That's always fun. And, um, yeah, so that was fun. And then he's got, he built his gaming table, and then underneath the lip on the gaming table where you put your character sheets, he's got, like, an LED, a string of LED lights. Ooh. And he can change the color of those lights. Oh, dag. So, I want that. <laughs> so if there's something, like, stressful going on, he can change it to red. If it's... Ooh. If it's nighttime, he can change it to blue. Um, if we're going into the fade, we can change it to green, you know? I want um, it! That's really so, good. Yeah, so um, he does that a lot. And it's it really, it, it's fun. It's something that's, I mean, his table is beautiful and he built it and it took a lot of money and time to do that. Not everyone can do that. You know, it, but getting a couple of different colored light bulbs can do the same thing. You know, just yeah, for sure. That's take a really quick cool. Five seconds, screw in a different, like a blue light bulb into something, and it's nighttime. That is pretty cool. That's a good time. Um, special note, of course, don't make it too hard for your care players to read their character sheets. Um, but you know, player, you can have the players use their phone lights or get some small lamps that if you need, if you need mm-hmm. like powerful darkness around <laughs> you. Also, it's very easy to make this too distracting. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and of course, be be aware if you have any players that have, are photosensitive and can have seizures. Make mm-hmm. sure that mm-hmm. you are aware of that before you try doing anything with lighting. Yes. Because nobody needs that to be the sad end to a session. But yeah, it sounds like your GM was pretty much doing everything that I was going to suggest today. <laughs> so, perfect. Mm-hmm. And we recently had a, uh, I think just a couple months ago, we ended up accidentally having a game where it was candlelit because the power went out on the, for the entire neighborhood oh, while we were playing. And so it became a candlelit session. It was good. But it was nice and spooky because, you mm-hmm. know. Weren't you guys trying to find... Uh, a serial killer. A serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> a supernatural serial killer. We were looking for oh, a serial killer. Sense. And it was appropriate. And I think we found something very terrible. Yeah, you guys did. You guys found some bad stuff. Yeah, but it was very appropriately, uh, uh, the setting was very appropriate. All right. Um, Next, uh, two things are kind of, oops, sorry, Hmm. uh, opposite ends of, uh, let's say opposite ends of a spectrum that you can have for uh, structuring your sessions. Um, First one is taking breaks, because not Hmm. everyone can game their best for eight hours straight, or even for just four hours straight. Or even two hours. Or even two hours sometimes. So a lot of us are very tired. Uh, we're here to we're here to play games to unwind. Sometimes uh, some just, folks, yeah. you know. Earlier tonight, we were all having this problem. I was at my at you know the same friends I was just talking about with the apple pie, mm-hmm. but uh, I was just at that house and playing some D and D, and all of us are clearly exhausted, and so GM included, all of us are 
we'd make it through about 15, 20 minutes of game, and then we would just fall apart into memes and what have you, and then mm-hmm. we would pick it back up. And so it, it really, sometimes people just need breaks. Yes. Um, sometimes the best way to keep the immersion is to just not wear everyone down. So scheduling breaks can be a great way for the players to come up for air, uh, especially if the session has is just, like, really tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Just let your players know if a break is expected and when it's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other side side of that, which this is definitely not going to work for all groups, uh, mm-hmm. but taking no breaks. Uh, if you have a group of people who have the fortitude to game for hours on end, and this is definitely not everybody, but and have you, slept and have slept uh, <laughs> and have got some food, uh, and if you are lucky enough to have that kind of to have that kind of group. Um, they might benefit best from just gaming straight. Mm-hmm. Just going for it all the time. I think that same group has done that as well. We have gone pretty hard. Yes. Like yeah. Back in college, like, a lot of us. What, 2 p.m. to 5 a.m. with only a couple of breaks? Like That was right. It was had, intense. We had some intense that sessions. sounds intense. Sounds great, <laughs> but intense. It does. It does yeah. sound great. Man, wouldn't that See, be See, there's nice. a reason those characters keep popping up, and it's because you had us be them for like 18 straight hours at a time. <laughs> we, were, we were doing a day job with them. Um, so, you know, uh, some groups disengage very easily, uh, so keeping them on their game might be the best way to go, and that some of them probably really appreciate it, but definitely feel out your group before mm-hmm. deciding that you're going to game for eight straight hours and you're going to start throwing things at them for breaking character. Yes. Don't, you know, you just make sure that we're all aware. And remember that one group might be, one very same group could be one version one day and the other the next day. Like, yes. if it's been a long week and everybody's worked to the bone, they're not going to be able to focus for that long. But mm-hmm. if it's been a while and they really want to get into their game and they've all had a reasonable amount of sleep, you know, you can, you can get people going for a while, so... Just depends. Read the room. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. This this one is uh, I don't want to really say contentious, but there's a lot of opinions on this one, which is limiting mm-hmm. the use of devices. I am generally a fan of limiting the use of devices uh, within reason, because it can be really hard to get into the world of Thetis if you can see your friend playing Candy Crush three feet away, like. That's a pain. I don't uh, care for it. Yeah, I'm with you. I I'm fall into the same camp. Where, you know, I think the phone should be put away for the most part. I mean, so you got to have it out for some things. Like, I'm a mom. My yep. kids call or text. I've got to take care of that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. If, you know, your spouse calls or texts, generally, again, you got to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Um because, again, my kids know where I am on Friday nights and Sundays and any other time I'm gaming. Hmm. And if they, if something happens, I know it's usually something serious. Yeah. So, because they know where, what I'm doing and where I am and that I really enjoy it and that, yes, they don't want to interrupt me. Yeah. So, so there's that. Yes. I would agree. And, uh... Like, and I do think that having a, like, if you are, not usually so much for this game, like, for the age system, mm-hmm. but, for example, if you're playing, like, uh, Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder and you're doing something that has, like, 26-sided dice, 
or if you're rolling, you know, five attacks in each one, you're rolling twice and taking the higher, having a die roller can make that not impossible. Mythic. Exactly. So I do, yeah, mythic. Um, mythic. I do understand for certain circumstances wanting to have a die roller on your phone because uh, it just makes it possible. But for the most... Of a, less of a call for age because you usually yeah. won't be rolling more like, than like six at most. Yeah, like 6d6, you can handle that on your own. But, you know, there are times when having your phone can be useful. Sometimes, like with a laptop... Sometimes people have their character sheets online, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of times when I've seen that, it's gone not ideally. A lot of people seem to really struggle with just focusing on their character sheet, because, you know, that the siren call there. of Facebook, like... Mm-hmm. If, when you are calling folks' names, they're putting down their phone and asking what is happening, uh, you may need to ask them to, like, put it down and not pick it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, some GMs don't allow for any devices at the table, although this is becoming less common with the advent of, like, character sheet apps and dice rollers and websites like D&D Beyond Mm -hmm. that you can store all of your character info on and have access to as long as you have the internet, but you're going to need a device to look at it. Mm -hmm. Although Um, I imagine if we, once we start running actual plays, we're probably just going to have a no devices because mm -hmm. that makes it pretty hard to be entertaining. Right. And, you know, microphones picking up folks, uh... Put, uh, moving their devices around is not super professional. Not ideal. Not ideal. So that's um, not a problem most people are going to have. Yes. Uh, so devices should be something that is handled with care as they can slow down play and pull folks from the immersion. So this is a good conversation to have up front with your party. Good conversation to have in, in session zero. Mm-hmm. How are we going to deal with devices at the table? Um now, for folks who don't mind some expenses or some cleanup, which is definitely not everybody, uh, but for those of you who can, we have a couple extra suggestions, like fog machines. I feel a fog machine is just so extra. In a that is super it's like extra. That, that takes a, a high level of commitment mm-hmm. and a, a, an impressive level of commitment <laughs> and... I would just, if somebody rolled out, if like if my DM rolled out a fog machine, I would be just. Right? Yeah, no, I'd yes. be, I'd be applauding. Although I, I do mean, have to say, mm-hmm. like, wouldn't it be cheaper to just get a bucket of dry ice and a fan? Could do that. Where do you even buy dry ice? I don't know where to buy dry ice. I don't know either, but. It might be easier to buy a fog machine. That is true. Um, but, uh, I'll be real when I was working at Kroger and Halloween came around and they had some like props that you could buy that were like fog machines, but you like, gave it some real thought. Some huh? ba- oh yeah. I gave it some real thought. Oh uh, yeah. I had like the, these big like bowls with these skeletal hands coming out and the fog would just roll out, out of the bowl. I was like, man, if I just put that in the middle of the table during a Halloween game, watch some out. Gobbleween props. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, turn the lights down, or maybe even put some lights underneath the fog that's going to come out. Heck yeah. This is some, uh, like, uh, fantasy level. Yes, and you've yeah. got them, like, walking through a foggy graveyard, and you've got the fog rolling over the map and around their minis, their, their minis and... and everything, and it can look real cool. Um, yeah, I mean, while we're, do- while we're talking <laughs> about expenses and ridiculous time constraints, 3D terrain is amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, that stuff gets pricey real fast, but man, mm-hmm. 
When you yeah. go, when you go to the adventure about the King of the Storval Stairs and someone has made the Storval Stairs. That's amazing, yeah. That's real crazy. Well, and we did a, during our convention last mm. weekend for Pathfinder Society, one of our GMs made the, uh, what's it called? The, the terrain. Well, made like the boat. For yeah, not, well, not just that. He also made, uh, uh, one, uh, one of our GMs made the uh, Fallen Fortress. Yes, I so saw it was that. like Joe a four-story. It was really cool, and it made it much more uh, like immersive. It was definitely being able to move your minis on a three D map. Give adds a sense of scale and scope. So mm-hmm. if you can afford the time or the expense to have that, it's really fun. There are a lot of there are a number of companies that will make you three D tour that have the have. Pre-made 3D terrain. Yeah, they're uh, always at Gen Con, and they always cost a kajillion dollars, and it's always too beautiful for my eyes to look at. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Man, look at those space corridors. I could have a real back to tank in this in this encounter. We're not even playing Star Wars no. anymore. Yeah, but here we are, still thinking about it. Yeah. Although, I mean, uh, I mean, painted minis, of course, also a good choice. Painted minis always a good choice. Um, I use a lot of. Paper minis because they're super cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get the, I effective. can get the Pathfinder pawns and you can, it's like thirty bucks gets me like three hundred minis, which is pretty good. Which is pretty good. Uh, that said, costumes. Costumes are fun. If you're going all out, you know, if you're gonna if you're going to town, going to Lincoln, wear your costumes. You've already got the fog machine. You might as well. Right? <laughs> you got your fog um, machine, your three D terrain. Now, I imagine a lot of cosplayers can probably mention that, like, sitting around in full costume for four-plus hours could be a bit tricky, um, but... As a human who has weared a corset weird. to... Weared? Who has... Wow. My name oh, is still man. Jessica, and I'm still very tired. As someone who has worn a uh, corset mm-hmm. for multiple Pathfinder specials at Gen Con, mm-hmm. and then walked a mile home in said corset, it's a lot. <laughs> it's uh it's it's not nothing it can be challenging but some of it is just so much fun that it's kind of worth it like and you don't have to go the whole corset route i mean if somebody's playing a dayless shelf get like just a little pointed ears and there you go yeah get yourself some ears maybe a mystical hood can you get some face paint yeah. and put the valislin on yeah yeah get yourself some valislin make sure you make them accurately mm-hmm they got references on the wiki. Yep, we got um, references. Um, but, I mean, even the GM could just, like, have some masks. You could put on some wigs. Uh, masks could... can get Creepy Valley very, you know, Uncanny Valley very, mm-hmm. very quickly. Right. But uh, if you're doing an Orlesian game, I mean, masks ooh. are very oh, important. There we go. Big exception there, yes. Major <laughs> asterisk in front of what I said. Orlay makes it okay. <laughs> They Absolutely. Really, they don't really do that in Tevinter. Yeah, it's Orlais. Orlais or Legion masks. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's all the stuff that you can do in the real world. Um, well, I mean, I guess this next one is kind of real world, too. Uh, but things you can do, you know, during it's a, uh, in for in-game stuff. Uh, oh, and this is all hardcore Ren content here. Hmm. This is Ren's thing. I have I have thought about this very hard. Well, you have lived this very hard. I have lived hard. this very hard too. Uh, but music, as we have already mentioned, sound design in general, starting mm-hmm. with music. Mm-hmm. 
Because you uh, know Ren stacked this part of the deck. I might have. Uh, music, uh, as you mentioned, Leona, is a fairly low uh, maintenance uh, method of adding some dimension to your session, but it can still do wonders. Uh, as an RPG with a video game IP behind it, Dragon Age has its own music that you can easily plug into your game and get a Dragon Age feel right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's albums for Dragon Age Origins, or Awakening, Leliana's Song, Dragon Age 2 has three separate soundtracks that you can get. Uh, Inquisition has a soundtrack, and uh, there's a separate sound. There's a soundtrack for both the Descent and the Trespasser DLCs, uh, which have got some real solid tracks on there. You mm-hmm. should go check them out because I mean mm-hmm. it's, that's Dragon Age. The folks who played the video games are going to hear that and be like, "All right, this is where we are. This is what we're up to." Also, players, if you have a character from a certain like Dragon Age culture, and there are songs that come from that culture, i.e., you know, there are some Dalish songs on that set. You could learn some of the Dalish lullabies and be able to sing them in character, which is oh, yeah. pretty cool. Yes, that's good. That's real good. It's a thing I have done. Listen to our actual play. <laughs> now, um, in prep for this, uh, for those of you who got made music libraries, uh, it's good to you know know the music that you've got to listen to it so that you can get the emotion that you're looking for. Uh, and you, of course, don't have to use only Dragon Age music. There is a lot of music out there that you can use for your games. Um, some suggestions for picking up music, from my experience, is the music should loop well. Uh, you should stage the, your music. Should st- each track should probably have one general emotional uh, range that it's reaching for. Uh, no movements that might change the mood mid-song. Mm-hmm. Uh, your music doesn't have to, but you can get some real mileage out of music that sounds like Dragon Age already. Uh, but you're probably looking for that on in the first place. Uh-huh. Uh, you should avoid lyrics, uh, except in a couple of cases we've had. Liliana song or yeah. the Dalish ones, mm-hmm. like the ones that are in the songs that are in Elven. Mm-hmm. The the Bard songs in Inquisition's a whole separate soundtrack too. Yes, yes, that, that's really cool. I mean, if you want to throw everybody into the into one of the taverns, have yes. a Bard in the background singing. Perfect, yeah. and you can. Have somebody sitting on the chair listening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's a deep cut f- reference. <laughs> sitting on the back, of, sitting on the top of the chair. Mm-hmm. Get a better look at the music. Yep. But um. <gasps> Sigh. I know. Not romanceable. Uh, so sad. One of the examples Sigh. I actually thought of was uh, while we were playing some Dragon Age stuff. I was playing uh, Dragon Age Two music, um, but one of the lyrics I think is in Elven. Uh, but, uh, one of the lyrics ended up kept, you know, kept saying Suli. Yeah, my name, my character's <laughs> name was Suli. And so every time that part of the song came up, everyone would turn to me and be like, Hey, singing about <laughs> you. And I'm like, this has only happened 87 times since we started this fight. Boy, am I so glad you guys keep bringing this up. Right. My name is Ashala. Well, that, yeah. Did that we was even the, do it that, in You Dragon did that. Dur- no, you didn't use it. No, you did it once during Dragon Age. And then Jill gave me that look. And I was Jill like, turn it off. Imagine. Turn it off. Different character. Turn it off. We need different music. So, <laughs> just, you know, be careful of stuff like that. Um, your music should, let's see, should not be so exciting that it distracts the players or confuses them when a, when a street fight has a full orchestra behind it. <laughs> yeah. That, that could be a little confusing. <laughs> Oh, uh, another important point, if you use music that's very iconic, Mm -hmm. that isn't Dragon Age, like, uh, for example, we are, not this usually won't come up, but we Mm -hmm. are diehard Sonic fans, and if 
Ren tries to use anything, even like an orchestral or remotely related to anything that has ever been touched by Sonic the Hedgehog, I will immediately note it and it will break immersion so hard. That's just how it is. Because you'll just be thinking, uh, oh man. You're looking for a deep cut? I know all of the deep cuts. I'll assume you made a successful deep cut joke and cope with it on my own time. Okay. There you go. See, I even made it for you. So yeah, be careful with that kind of thing. Uh, or it's, it, I guess Lord of the Rings is another good choice. For that, that, yeah. Because yeah. if you start playing that... Everyone I mean, it, will know good. what that's from. I'm going to start crying. Yeah, I will too. I'll have some feelings. Concerning Hobbits, I will have feelings. Uh, what music does your GM use uh, in your games, Leona? Um, lots of Dragon Age. Um, Witcher is another good yes. one. I was going to suggest um, that one. Things of that, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually has an RP list that he uses that he's set up on YouTube just that loops. And okay. it's just various, um, various um, different orca- um, instrumental pieces. A lot of um, Two Steps from Hell is also a very good band. You know, I've heard of that. Uh, group yes. that. I was actually going to mention, like, you know, Two Steps from Hell has some really solid tracks. They uh, have some really, really great music. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I'm alone at work some nights, I crank that. Nice. I crank Two Steps from Hell at work. Mm-hmm. Just because they do, their music is a lot, it's reminiscent of Dragon Age and all mm-hmm. of that, and it's not familiar enough like your Sonic or like Lord of the Rings where it would break immersion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff that's really powerful. You gotta, yes. you gotta have that powerful stuff. Also, um, having themes for individual characters during important moments for those characters mm-hmm. can be very immersive and uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit anime, but... <laughs> we definitely did a lot of that. We're kind of a campaign. weeaboo household here, so it works for us. Um... Your music should also not fade too far into the background if you were looking for an emotional response from it. Uh, but low tension moments, but some low tension moments will uh, benefit well from quieter tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, video game music usually fits all of this criteria because they're built to loop and they're built to accompany a specific part of gameplay. Some are composed for cutscenes and can be less useful, but that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, some suggestions for alternate soundtracks if you want to bro- uh, broaden the library. Uh, as you said, Leona, The Witcher. I've actually been listening to uh, the Witcher Three soundtrack because uh, I've mm-hmm. never, as I've had it for a little while, but I've never actually like sat down and listened to it. I'm like, man, this is this is perfect. It's good stuff. I want to yeah. run Dragon Age stuff. This is good. Um, I would say I was specifically I was listening to the Witcher Three, mm-hmm. and it's it's real good. Um, another good choice is the Assassin's Creed series uh, because I find in particular, especially Assassin's Creed Two, uh, mm-hmm. I find that Some their music, their music is. Solid and fun to listen to. It's got a good beat, uh, but it's not intrusive, and it's also not so specific that you think when you hear it um, that it wants to be part of a specific genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like some good solid beats and some good, uh, and they use a lot of drums and they, but then they use a lot of a little bit more synthy sounding, but not like so synthy that it feels like it should be a modern game, but it could work for a modern game. Assassin's Creed Two. Is very multi-purpose, and I really like that soundtrack for that reason. Mm-hmm. Can I hit you with a couple? Yeah, sure. Um, one that I always love hearing, even though it's so familiar to me as to almost break immersion, is the Neverwinter Nights soundtrack. Ooh, yes. Because Ooh, that's a good one. Yes, because that is a beautiful soundtrack. 
and a fantastic set of games, and I love them very much. And they really, they just, they're good for fantasy. Yeah, they're really, just really good. Um, another one would be anything from the Oblivion franchises. Can be extremely good, especially if you need something low-impact ambient. Elder Scrolls is very good for that. Yeah. yeah. Elder Scrolls, yeah. I guess Oblivion is just the game that I'm so used to. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I really like Oblivion. But Morrowind has good stuff. Skyrim has good stuff. Obviously. Skyrim's got some really good stuff. Just stay been... away from, like, the the main theme of yeah. that every that you know... Because again, if you hear the word Dovahkiin, you've gone too far in. Right. Like I was actually, I was at an Indian restaurant and it started playing in the <laughs> overhead. <laughs> I, I swear. And it started playing and I'm looking at my daughter who Skyrim is her favorite game of all time. All right. Oh, good. And she's look, I hear it and I look at her and she looks at me and she goes, Dovahkiin, Dovahkiin. And like, <laughs> Perfect. But, you know, something that familiar will can break immersion. Yeah. So stay away from maybe those, the the more popular tracks yeah. and go into something that is more ambiance and more, mm-hmm. I'm just walking around Skyrim and yeah. there's something going on. and Or maybe, you know, when the dragon comes down, mm-hmm. maybe that, use that for, oh, yeah. battle's about to start. <laughs> Heads up. On a, a Dark Horse track, or a Dark Horse soundtrack mm-hmm. that I would like to recommend. Yes. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Because we used that, like, in my early college years. Mm-hmm. I was our sound person, and yeah. we used that soundtrack for a lot of stuff. And if you're looking for a very specific feel, Crystal Chronicles has this, a very unique vibe. It could work very well for... Because it's, it's not very, like, dark and heavy. No, like, it's got a sort of beats. light and almost Celtic feel going. Yeah, but you could use that for, like, some more elven or even, like, fade themes. Yes, and uh, so it's one of those, especially if you're going for something lighter, and uh, mm. it's just it's one of those that can be used surprisingly well mm-hmm. for you know being the dark horse Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend checking that one out as well. And they just made an HD remake of it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next bit is also very near and dear to my heart because I love playing around with mm-hmm. these is sound effects. Uh, sound effects is very hands-on method of immersion creation, but it can be very fun and very rewarding because very few things feel quite as cool as say as a player saying, I throw a fireball a spell into the crowd of Darkspawn and the GM pushes a button to make an explosion sound. Uh, and maybe adds a Wilhelm scream or two. You do love those. I know. I've got a button for it, so I'm going to use it. Yep. Although I will say that pretty much around the table, like, everybody loves those sounds. Mm-hmm. But I think, and Jill's the only one who's made this super known, yeah. but I think the favorites are the ones that you just make with your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so feel and free Joe to do that, too. keeps pointing at me. He's like, you spend, like, 20 bucks every two months to have <laughs> yeah. this huge library of sound effects. Then you just make them with your mouth. Then you just make them with your mouth. Like, I needed it right now. Yep. I didn't want to go looking for it. Um, Sound effects uh, as immersion creation is very reactive. You'll want to have your sound effects at the ready so you, uh, uh, so like when the player tells you what they want to do that you're not, you know, hunting for the sound effect for the next 30 seconds while the player quietly waits for you to find it uh, and then tells you. I throw a fireball. Give me a minute. This has happened a few times. (laughs) And I'm very guilty. It of this. is the opposite of immersion. It it doesn't help. It is 
just kind of so I've awkward. gotten I've gotten some tricks. Uh, if I if I type in the word unsheathed into Sirenscape, uh, it'll bring up the player sound sets, so I can immediately have like spellcasting and the sword swinging sound effects ready. There you go. I figured it out. I got you. Got you, fam. <laughs> um, next is a very fun one that you can do, which is uh, props and handouts. Always good. Always good. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys get a lot of handouts? Because you guys do you get a lot of missions uh handed to you in your campaign last time we talked about it um no not anymore because we are on roll 20 now oh gotcha. Mm, yeah so i mean we um when we weren't because we used to be more local people and now it's i'm the only local person with the dm and one person lives in illinois and one person lives in oregon gotcha mm. so we're all over the place so we don't get together physically anymore so but when we did, we would have occasionally, you know, a, a piece of paper to hand to go. Mm-hmm. Here, this is your mission. Hmm. Should you choose to accept it. Yes. And we always accepted it, of course. Thank goodness. And you have to, like, you know, yellow it with yeah. tea and things like that and make it all. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Um, we did get that when I was at GaryCon last year. We did have one um, mission, prob- one game, probably my favorite game the entire um, time I was there, that it was there were like tea stains to make it look old with scrolls and mm-hmm. nice. It was yeah, it was it was really special. Very cool. That's always fun uh, when you tell the players that there is a message from the Inquisitor and then hand them a rolled piece of parchment for them to unroll and read. That's really cool. Yeah, that's just fun. Yeah. Um, you can use crafting supplies to make small props uh, of important objects, like say Illyrium idol. Yeah. That thing's pretty important. Also, your local <laughs> hobby store is going to have all kinds of cool little things that you can use, especially tiny potion bottles. Like, fill them with... Yes! There it is. I've got, I've got three of them. I've got, naturally, my red mana. I've got my red health potion. I've got my blue mana. Of course. And I've got my yellow... Um, this was the stamina potion. Stamina draft. Yeah. Perfect. Stamina drafts. Now, from absolutely fill those with actual drinkable materials. <laughs> what, you think this is not vodka in here? Oh, you are just the best <laughs> person. Like, it's vodka. It's vodka and food coloring. That's all it is. You know, every it's every time I think, I found. well, this is obviously why she's so cool and we have her on. And then you give me a new reason to be like, we should probably just be friends for life. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, these, I actually found these little bottles at um, Hot Topic. They were full of some kind of like energy drink oh, that sure. I, uh, that I poured down the sink. Yeah, gross. That's not <laughs> vodka. I only wanted the bottles. But I, I, I keep these up on my desk as little decoration. Very nice. Yes. I dig it. I love it. And you can just, you know, if you're, uh, if you have, if you're selling, you know, health potions, give one to the player and be like, well, drink it when your health goes down. Mm-hmm. It can also, I mean, that can just be great for bookkeeping when you've got just a row of potions in front yeah. of you. Like, well, this is what the potions I've got, so... Glug. Like when I run silly <laughs> goblin games in Pathfinder, there's one in particular where there's a challenge where they have to eat as many slugs as possible, and they have the it's like a slime sack involved, and so I give them gummy worms, and I have this like liquid candy, mm-hmm. and if they don't get rid of the slime, then I cover the thing in liquid candy, and I'm like, okay, go for it. Here's your slug. Make your fort safe. 
And it always makes it uh, a bit more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mush fan. Funk you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've heard stories of folks making props for conventions and letting people keep them mm-hmm. afterwards. And these things take, can take some time and engineering, but uh, they leave a great impact. Uh, they really makes the session come alive. Um, also just... good for visual learners. Like yes. if you have handouts, things like that. Mm-hmm. I always do better on Pathfinder missions when I can see what it is that we're doing. Yes. Because I just, words go in one ear, not the mm-hmm. other. So having handouts can be uh, useful just for having information and putting it in front of the players or even giving them clues to help them solve puzzles. Uh, and, and and they can also be very useful for like uh, if you've got mission objectives to just put them down on a piece of paper so that the players don't forget, you know, where they're going or what they're up to. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's helpful. Uh, and the last one the for the uh, in-game stuff is a, a pretty, a fairly obvious one, but is no less important. It is powerful descriptions. Use your adjectives. Get your thesaurus out. Yes. Uh, good books take people away with strong descriptions of people and places, and the same can be said of RPGs. Uh, nothing beats a solid description of the summer home of the Orlesian noble whose house you're trying to ruin. How come we didn't ruin any Orlesian houses? I really don't know. We'll have to fix that. I think you missed an opportunity there. <laughs> well, I was busy defending the Empress from a dragon, and I didn't get time to, like... Well, no, we did ruin one guy's helmet collection. You did. You did ruin his helmet collection. Took all the horns off of them. So Just one. Like, off of each. one horn on each of those helmets. That was how it's I knew a, that that NPC was destined to be my romantic interest. <laughs> That's how he found out that, ooh, I'm going to pick them romance options. Yep. <laughs> well, that's why we play Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Uh, so descriptions are great for setting the stage uh, and creating expectations for what's going to come after, so don't skimp on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you take some time to describe what your heroes see uh, and get used to giving PCs more in-depth descriptions of uh, what they ask, what they, when they ask, what did I perceive? Or when they roll a perception check, you can just throw something out there quick and you can also do this kind of thing in the heat of the moment when players use stunts like stay aware where that makes me wonder which lets them make like a straight up uh, an extra perception test or learn a little bit extra so you can give them uh, a more in-depth uh, description than what they originally had or maybe or use that to make the scene continue to stay alive even while they're going through combat rounds yep i definitely describe things in combat that are cool like mm-hmm. Don't just mention that, you know, he does, like, 20 damage to you. It's like, well, right. no, he slashes you across the chest, and you, you know, you reel back, taking 20 damage. Like, you know, cool stuff. Your blood splatters to the ground, mixing with all of your, mixing with the blood of your enemies. Persistent gore is on, I guess. Persistent gore is on. <laughs> Gross. Um, that one of all of them is definitely the one that takes the most practice to get really good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean... If you've got that one, if you practice it and you've got it in your back pocket, even if you miss out on all these other things, you still got uh, a silver tongue to, 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 to spin some threads with. Yeah, precisely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, tools that you need to make these things happen. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, monitors, uh, which we can mean uh, computer monitors or televisions. Uh, that you can plug a, a computer into, and these can be useful for a few reasons. Uh, folks with more digital games might have their game maps on them, I mean, like folks who are playing in Roll20. Pretty Roll 20. vital for Roll20 to be able to see what's going on on Roll20. <laughs> I mean, yep. in yes. general, helps. That's, that's like the thing you need. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like one of the maybe two things. Maybe a mouse. 
Also, maybe some speakers, like, and perhaps Skype or something. Yeah, those help. A couple of things. Um, you can also use them to display visual information about the game. Uh, visual aids like uh, cityscapes or the faces of people that you're talking to. Oh, yes. Um, and what I actually did uh, for uh, when we went to Tevinter in our game is I used the TV to help everyone keep track of the... Progress of Six our or seven tests, advanced right? tests that were going on at the same time. We had over a the lot course going on weeks. in Deventer. Yep. When <laughs> you guys got into Deventer, I was like, okay, you've got a lot of options here. And I showed them uh, the the six advanced tests that were just sitting there waiting for them to get a hold of. We did rock it, though. You did do well. You did do well. Everyone got one test. You had 14 tests to make each, and you folks managed to fill up most of them. Mm-hmm. We're just that good. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, and boy, is this one that you are in love with. This one's a weakness of mine. Speakers. Uh, oh, boy, the, you... the number of speakers that I just randomly find in my house. <laughs> if you want music or sound effects, you're going to need them to come out of something. Uh, and you're going to want to make sure that your players can actually hear all the work that you put into it. Uh, you can get small speakers that you can just like set on the table. Uh, it's like a little Bluetooth speaker that you put out, or even one that's just you know connected to your phone, to your uh, laptop's uh, uh, headphone jack, like in my mm -hmm. case. Uh, or you can get you know if you've got the money, a surround sound system that you can put in your gamer basement. We can't afford that, but can't if you can, one, props. If you can, you know, we're to go for it. Um, does does. Uh, uh, there aren't speakers worked into your GM's gaming table, are there? Because I'm <laughs> if not, not, I might need schematics. Yet. <laughs> I do not put it past him to All install right. them eventually. Because what he wants to do, this table has got like a removable top, oh, so you dang. can play like battle maps underneath it, mm -hmm. and like and have the three D, um, the three D terrain. But he wants to be able to put a TV monitor as the tabletop Ooh. so that you had he can pull up battle maps and you can have it right there and put and move your minis around on it oh man oh so, want it so i don't put it past him to install and integrate speakers into the table one day oh man and then you could have sound coming from different directions oh so be like good. you hear a rustling on the east side of your camp and then have it just come from that one speaker yep <laughs> everyone oh, I don't turns put it their heads Oh man! Well, there was we're that one this, time where Joe knocked on the window. I think when people were in the yes. middle of like going through the Slenderwood, and that yes. like I think several people like should have been wearing brown pants that evening because we were not prepared <laughs> to have somebody knock on the window in a Slenderman campaign. That was fun. <laughs> Whew. You know, good times. So you know, if you don't have the money, just consider hiring your friends to sit outside of windows <laughs> and knock at inopportune moments. Maybe get on some stilts. You know. Unacceptable. Okay, <laughs> at least warn your players that there could be some elements if you're going to do something. Right. Like that. that one. That one actually is a very good. That is a very good point because that can cause some very real world anxiety that we don't need at the game table. Yeah. Just make sure they know that that's coming. Make sure that they know it's very possible. Um, if you are in a larger space with a larger number of people and you happen to have access to a projector, they can be super cool. Make, like especially like we do multi-table specials with Pathfinder and sp those can help people keep track of how the game is going. Mm -hmm. Not as necessary for single table mm -hmm. stuff, but Although hey. there are some really solid like 
Well, ways that you can use a projector to put the map on the table. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, project it onto a table, that could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then your fog machine won't, oh actually it might interrupt it pretty hard, actually. <laughs> because Don't the, use your projector and your fog the machine. The projector will just be projecting onto the fog. Yeah, that's bad. Which could be cool, though. It could be, it could be very yeah, cool. different. If you're not using the battle map, you could project something onto that fog oh, and damn. be really Like creepy. a g- 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 ghost. That's, that's pretty sick. Yes. Or if you're in the fade. Oh, know, so good. So many Project memes. some green stuff onto the fog, and all of a sudden, you're surrounded by the fade. Fade fog. Oh, man. That, that's wild. That's We're not buying it. We're not buying a mist. Oh, man. We're not. We're not doing that. <laughs> we need uh, food. One day. We have to buy food. One day. All right. This next bit is going to sound a bit like me doing an advertisement for these folks. We I'm, have not been we have not uh, been paid by any of these folks, but I did I did some research on a couple of these things and you know our my personal experience with the first one. Um, because all this immersion crafting stuff, uh, there are people who are making it their jobs to sell us tools to help us make these things more immersive. Uh, this is all going to be sound stuff, I believe. This is all going to be because... sound stuff. Because um, it's you. Because it's me. Uh, this, these are by no means the only options out there. I mean, there's, you know, there's uh, folks who craft terrain. There's folks who make minis. There's folks uh, who, there's some folks who actually, like, make, like, scents. Like, That's true. Gamer scents. Yeah. They're at Gen Con every year, and they're yep. really cool. That's really wild. Um, well, let's talk about our sound yes. design options. Mm-hmm. Because this stuff is this is something that you can you know reasonably carry around and, and get around to places. Because all mm-hmm. you need is a desktop or a mobile device. Yep. For a couple of these. So uh, our first option is the one that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. My program of choice currently is Sirenscape. I recommend everybody use this because it's super cool. Uh, I've been using it for years, and I find it weird uh, when I run a game without it. Uh, mm-hmm. All of, let's see. Um, let's see. This one can cost you a bit of money. Uh, it costs me about ten bucks per month. That's not bad. Not super bad. Uh, they Given do, what you get. Right. Uh, they do, uh, yeah, especially considering what we get. Um, but uh, Sirenscape is essentially a program that is a sound bed and sound effect player that you can download and put on a desktop, and they've got some apps. Uh, that you can use uh, for the multiple play- for the, the multiple players they've got running uh, for different genres. You can purchase sound sets individually if you know what you need. Uh, if you subscribe to them, um, depending on the subscription you get, you immediately get access to a bunch of sound sets that uh, are part of the subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, and if any sound sets come out while you are subscribing to the surface, uh, you get to keep those sound sets even yeah. if your subscription lapses. Um, they've got fantasy, they've got sci-fi, uh, they've got some that are specifically for Dungeons and Dragons, they've got some that are specifically for Pathfinder, they've even got a board game sound set, or mm-hmm. a board game player. Um, all of them can be accessed on a desktop or a mobile device. Um, the player includes beds of sound that you can leave running, uh, or adjust the levels on as you're going. Uh, they also include buttons for one-off sound effects that you can fire when something happens or when you need to get your player's attention. Or if you just feel like making Wilhelm scream. Or when you feel like making Wilhelm scream a whole bunch. Sometimes that just yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, most of the tracks are sound beds to create ambience. A uh, few of the sound sets come with music. Some of the sound sets are just music. Uh, some of them are voice acted, and specifically the... <laughs> for certain characters. Uh-huh. Like, uh... Several of which are voice acted by Matthew Mercer. 
Yeah, well, and also, uh, what's his name from Hell's Rebels, from from Pathfinder? Like, <laughs> I am Cheliax. Like, there's some yeah. there's some quality VA work in there. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Good stuff. I think I, we actually managed to get a little bit in there as well, and they did like a big uh, Gen Con sound sound. I don't set. think where ours is officially in there. Uh, I My know. bike horn noise didn't actually make the cut. I know I was credited in there, but I think I'm buried in there, kind of deep. I was not able to find me. Oh, I was I was voice acting the uh, the let's see the guy who thinks that he's being the big hero, uh, but he's he's really just you know a gamer with an acne problem who's trying real hard. <laughs> very specific uh, it character. Very, it was you've a got very specific there. character I made. I was very proud of it. Uh, they also have a sound set creator uh, that lets uh, that you can get access to with specific subscriptions uh, that lets you take the sound sets that you have access to. Uh, whether through the subscription or because you bought them, and you can mix and match them to make a custom sound set for yourself. Um, and you can even and see there's also a community that shares their creations with other folks, so you can share your own or borrow someone else's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and new sunsets come out every month. They're pretty good. Highly recommend it. That said, if you are looking for a service that doesn't cost money, there are there is at least one that we think is pretty mm-hmm. cool. One that immediately came to mind is something called just called Tabletop Audio. Um, it is a website. You go to it. Uh, they've got tracks. You can search uh, between genres and such. You just mm-hmm. hit play, and it's a 10-minute loop that just goes, and you just uh, you just let it go. You can make a playlist, uh, and it will loop that playlist for you. Um, or if you just select one track, it just loops that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a new sound pad that you can use to customize the ambience with specific sound effects and music that loop for you. Um, and while the site and its all its tools cost absolutely nothing to use, uh, if you do use it, consider supporting the creator, who I think's named Tim. That is the only time I ever actually mentioned this. <laughs> Don't you mentioned. call him um, Tim? <laughs> there it is. There's our one money Python reference. There it is. We, we've got it. <laughs> Obligatory. Um, but Tabletop Audio has a Patreon account. We recommend that you check them out because they do a lot of work on there. Um, this is the most hands-off option uh, if you just want to click a track and let it loop. Uh, if you want to get more specific, you can use the sound pad. Um, that being said, the, I, I, there's, you know, if you pick a sound set, it's going to uh, pick a specific track, it's going to loop, and that is exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's free. But hey, it is also absolutely free, and the tracks come out, I think they said four to six tracks per month, so they're still working on it. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool service. Mm-hmm. And it's very good quality. Yep. Definitely check it out. Uh, this next one is, uh, there's a lot of money flying around for this one, uh, but it is definitely some very high quality stuff. It's called Battle Bards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, a streaming service that offers a subscription to stream the content that they have, or uh, you can buy credits to purchase it and keep it and download it. If you subscribe, they have 2,000 plus tracks that you can stream. Uh, and if you get their add-on from Plate Mail Games, you get n- somewhere like uh, 3,400 plus tracks that you have access to. That's a lot of tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the subscription only lets you stream them, uh, but if you are also a subscriber, you get discounts to uh, purchase them so that you can keep them. Um, you can also, of course, just buy the tracks that you know that you want and download them even if you drop your subscription. They sell single tracks and albums so you can buy exactly what you need. They also have a desktop player uh, so that you can play your downloaded tracks offline. Uh, because 
the streaming service, of course, requires you to have an internet connection, which isn't always possible, but they've got an option around it. Uh, this one's probably going to have the widest uh, range of options to choose from, although I think do think Sirenscape is giving them a run for their money. Uh, but I think Battleboards includes a bit more music than Sirenscape does. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're looking to actually like play some music, Battleboards is probably one of the best ways to go with this. Uh, speaking of playing music, there's also just music players that you can get, like iTunes or Windows Media Player. Uh, and, but I'll also uh, swear up and down on the one that is my current favorite choice, which is Music B. Because... Mm -hmm. Especially for folks who want to create immersion, the one thing that I always want is cross-fading. Yes. Also, Music B, I believe, will play MP4s. Yes. Which means if you are one of those unfortunate humans who has kind of gotten into iTunes and can't get out, <laughs> uh, Music B will still play your stuff and you won't have to convert literally everything back into an MP3. Mm -hmm. Or the, was it M4A? Is that the... Yeah. It's whatever the ridiculous iTunes file is. Mm-hmm. And they play those. The downside to Music B is it does not have a mobile version, and no. that still breaks my heart, and they need to get on that. Because mm -hmm. I want it. It's a very powerful little thing uh, that I like to use. Um, but I like to use it specifically... Uh, the, the, I, I sought it out specifically because I wanted Crossfade. Uh, because if I'm playing music on like iTunes or uh, Windows Media Player, if I'm playing a track and it's looping, you know, that's great. Uh, and sometimes they'll have it like fade. You can have it tell it to fade in and out of the track. Um, but what Music Beat did for me was crossfading. Lets it uh, once it gets to a specific point in the track when it's going to move to a new track, uh, it will fade about. Uh, it will fade a couple of seconds, and you can tell it how many seconds you want it to fade in and out. Um, so when it loops, um, especially for some tracks that you know starts they have like an obvious start and when you're playing them uh when they get near the end they start to kind of fade out and get quiet mm -hmm. if you're just looping the track on its own that can be noticed and it can uh, and it can be a little distracting if you know every like minute and a half uh the music gets quiet and then bursts back up again <laughs> uh so having like a four or five second crossfade can mean that the music just sounds like it's always playing mm -hmm. nice uh which is very important to me uh it's because uh uh, iTunes wouldn't do it. Uh, audio, uh, like, um, goodness, what was it? Uh, the Windows Media Player wouldn't do it, but um, Music B lets me, even like if it's not a between albums, I can, you know, cue another song, tell it to hit next, and it will fade out the song that's currently playing and fade in the new song. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, so uh, the, the mood doesn't very abruptly change. That is pretty cool. That and that's good. And I'm now off my soapbox. Are you though? Not really. No, I will never no. be off my soapbox for let's say for all this sound design stuff because this no, is no. This thing. is this is your jam. It's kind of my degree. Did uh, bachelor's in design and production, uh, or did bachelor's in telecommunications with a focus in design and production. My favorite class was the sound design class. Uh, they gave us my favorite final project that I ever got to do was I got to take the battle uh, of. Uh, Oh goodness! Uh, it was it was uh, the scene in Lord of the Rings when they find uh, oh yeah Gimli's uh, family's tomb. Mm -hmm. uh, they find Balin's tomb. That's the battle uh, uh, Balin's tomb. Yes, the battle in Balin's yeah. tomb. I remember that yeah. you stole my necklace and didn't tell me you took it, and I couldn't find it for six months. I used that for chain effects. I, think. I know. 
That's right. You didn't give it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I found I'm, it in your drawer. I'm glad you found it. That was fun. I had a good time. I needed that. it. <laughs> I like that necklace. So naturally I got into podcasting. So here we are, full circle. Yep. Whew. So that's a lot of stuff. Uh, I feel like I, we, we feel pretty immersed in content. <laughs> We've immersed ourselves in... There's really There are really only two it. words to use that aren't <laughs> sound, and I've already used sound. You did well. I'll give it to you. Like, it's it, this is one of those that just doesn't have a whole lot of words to go with it. I've been thinking about it, but it's like, you know, lighting, you can't really, it's not really too obviously connected, and, you know, props, it's, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of fertile ground here. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like we should probably start wrapping You can't just up. use the same one I used. Hush. <laughs> Crossfade. That's not how that works. <laughs> uh, anything else you'd like to add, Leona? Any ideas? Um... No, I think everything. we pretty much covered everything. Very nice. Uh, well, anybody out there who's got any suggestions for us, uh, feel free to leave them like on a comment for this episode because I love, I love hearing new little tricks and ways to pull people further into the game. Oh, here you go. Here's a, not a pun about this, but just because I've got to have a pun for the ending. My friend uh, Logan was looking at this thing where uh, somebody made an abacus within a sword and called it a stabacus. And then uh, Joe, this same person with the pie run and everything else, uh, comes up with the line, and boy, am I mad this wasn't me, uh, that, am I going to kill you? You can count on it. Ugh. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Gross. And then I was very angry and threw a hairbrush at him. <laughs> and he, he deserved it for that one. Yes. You threw the hairbrush because you're sad you didn't think of it first. Yeah, I mean, fun fact, that is literally the thing that was said to me right after I threw the hairbrush, and I did not deny it. But I was sad <laughs> I didn't have a hairbrush to throw at the person who accused me. I only had one hairbrush. All right. Well, uh, I suppose we'll go a little mosey on down. Uh, mm -hmm. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our Patreon. Mm -hmm. If you support us with only $3 per month, you get to vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. And that could be becoming very relevant. It very well could Very be. soon. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what that could mean. I wonder what that could mean. <laughs> Finally some... Definitely uh, don't need to vote anymore about next week's stuff, guys. It's fine. We're good. It's we're a, good. It's we're good. It's all it's good. We're, we're good. good. It's locked. We're done. <laughs> no more votes. The voting is closed. Uh, if you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Except uh, on weeks like this. Except where on weeks like this where we're... makes uh... Ren work nights every night. Ugh. And then we have to try and do this. It is currently 1 a.m., so... I'm going to be doing split shifts next week. Oh, that's <sighs> going to be fun to deal with. Because my, my manager had to leave with very little notice. Yeah. Jessica has thoughts about that, but won't voice them here. Anyway, um, so uh, if anything anything you can contribute is appreciated, you can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for this show. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question or even tell us how your Dragon Age games are going. Please tell us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yes. Uh, feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud. Uh, and if you can leave us a review of iTunes or on iTunes or Google Play, it really helps us out. Mm-hmm. 
so thank you for so much for listening to the Wonders of Thetis podcast. This is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. This is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels. This is Leona. May the creators guide you on your way. Thank you so much again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.